0: Out of the days, the dark days of the judges, comes a love story that gleams like the brightest diamond. It's the greatest love story of the Old Testament. It begins when Elimelech and Naomi, because there is no longer bread in the house in Bethlehem, there is a famine they make the business decision to move to Moab. Now that's a tragic decision because Moab means fornication. It's a place of death. It's a place of utter destruction. And they move there. And then Elimelech dies. Then the two sons die. They were married. And so there are now the precious wife, Naomi, meaning grace and beauty, and the two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth. Orpha meaning stiff-necked, Ruth meaning friend and companion. And then the word comes in this desperate situation. Without the finances to take care of her daughter-in-laws, there has to be a change. And Naomi hears that there is bread once more in the house of God, in the house of bread. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to share this love story with you because it's much more than just a love story. It is the love story of Jesus Christ for his people. It is a parable. It is a true story, but it is also a parable. I want to share the depth of that parable with you today. Naomi urges the two daughter-in-laws to leave her and go back to their land and to their God's. They have walked to the edge of Moab on the king's highway. Naomi now intends to go on alone. With tears, with great sadness, Orpha, the stiff-necked one, decides to go back to her people and her gods. She is going back to paganism. She is not going to allow the covering of God in her life. And she disappears from history. Ruth, on the other hand, has a book of the Bible named after her, a Moabitess, forbidden by Moses for any Israelite to marry a Moabitess. They were enemies. But now, Ruth is not willing to go back to her people and her gods. Instead, she makes this incredible vow In Ruth, the first chapter, I'll begin reading with verse 16. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. This incredible vow of love comes out of a heart of faith and patience and forbearance and good temper. It comes out of an incredible love that she has for Naomi. Naomi is embittered because her husband and her sons, they've all died. She has nothing. She is left in abject poverty. But that does not turn the heart of this precious daughter-in-law away. She loves Naomi with all of her heart. Love is tested when times become difficult. Most people, when times become very difficult, bail out. And they say, this is not for me. I want a life. I want to have children. I want to go my own way. And so back they go to their old stuff. Without the compassion and the love and the self-sacrifice, most feel entitled they'll take all they can take and run not ruth ruth is of a different stripe her heart is utterly given to love we read yesterday first corinthians 13 i urge you read today prayerfully quietly before the lord read about what paul said concerning love in first corinthians the 13th chapter Now, Naomi realizes that Ruth is determined to go with her regardless of what happens. Ruth knows that she will not probably be well accepted in this new land because they hate Moabites. I'm sure the two women talked at length about this. She was forewarned, and they walked on to Bethlehem. Once they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred. They said, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. The judgment of God fell upon her husband and her sons, and they're now dead. And Naomi has nothing. She is stripped, bare naked. will starve to death if something doesn't change in the land of bread. But I want to tell you, in the land of bread, there is redemption. I don't care how barren you feel today. And I feel very barren. But I praise God, there is a kinsman redeemer. But don't let me get ahead of my story. They arrive in Bethlehem just as the barley harvest is beginning. Now Naomi has a relative on the husband's side, a man of standing, his name is Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess says to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose whose eyes I find favor. Now this is hot, sweaty work. It's astonishing to me that Ruth loves Naomi to such a degree that she's willing to go out and humble herself to the lowest position of a servant, piercing her fingers with those sharp straws, causing blood to flow, causing her hands to be sore. She's willing to go out and do this for her precious mother-in-law, Naomi is not strong enough to go out and do this, but Ruth can do it. So she begins to go to a field, and there she asks permission before she enters the field. She could have just walked in and assumed, I have the right. There's no sense of entitlement in this person, Ruth. There's no selfishness in her heart. There's no demand that she be respected. She is humble, submissive. She will soon be filled with the presence of God. She works in this field, and Boaz arrives from Bethlehem, and he greets the harvesters, and he asks the foreman, whose young woman is this? And the foreman answers, she's the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. Now, he could just as easily run her out of his field and say, I don't want a Moabitess in my field. But he doesn't do that. It's reported now that Naomi, her precious Ruth, is in the field and has worked from early morning until now, except for a very short rest in the heat of the day. Boaz goes to Ruth and says, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. Don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. There's an indication already his heart is being drawn by this faithful, beautiful young woman. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And wherever, whenever you're thirsty, go and, and get a drink from the water jar that the men have filled. Oh, he's now extending to her the, the shalom courtesy to a Moabitess. It's, it's astonishing. She bows down with her face to the ground and she says, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? I want to ask a question. Why have you found such favor in the eyes of Jesus? Well, you're a foreigner, a Gentile. Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. In other words, I've been told about the great love you have for Naomi. Naomi how you left your father and your mother and your house, your homeland, and how you've come to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for that. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. This love story is based on Ruth making the decision to come under the wing of almighty God I spoke with a precious woman this morning she's in trouble being for custody of her son the judge will make the decision tomorrow she said why is God allowing this to happen to me and I said because he wants you to take your place of shelter under the wing of Jesus. He wants you to enter into the rest of Jesus. He wants you to trust him, to not go crazy about anything, to wait on the Lord. But now let me tell you the story. It is so exciting and it picks up right now she answers may i continue to find favor in your eyes my lord you have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant though i do not have the standing of one of your servant girls she understands today if you think you have standing before god somehow you're deserving somehow you're entitled You've missed it. You've missed it. You don't have standing before God, not in yourself. There's no good thing, Paul says, that dwells in the human heart. All that you have has come from Jesus. All that you are has come from Jesus that is righteous or good. When the men stopped harvesting and the women stopped picking up the grain boaz went to her and said please come over here come over have some bread and dip it in the wine sauce she sat down with the harvesters as though she had a place he offered her some he offered her some roasted grain she ate all she wanted but she had some left over you know what she's going to do with that leftover grain. She's going to take it home to feed her precious mother-in-law. So she got up to glean and and Boaz gave orders to his men, even if she gathers among the sheaves, do not embarrass her, rather pull out stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and do not rebuke her. There is no rebuke for you, there is no rebuke from me when I come humbly and say, Lord, if it would please you, would you redeem me? When we humble our hearts before God and we don't assume we have rights, we when we don't come at him angry, blaming, accusing, bitter, when we come humble of heart, Knowing that we've lost everything, and our lives are in his hands, and we say, if it would please you, will you be my redeemer? There will be no criticism of us, no judgment from God. She gleaned in the field until evening, and then she threshed out the barley that she'd gathered it had amounted to about an ephod, that is, about three-fifths of a bushel. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she'd eaten enough. So her mother-in-law asked her, "'Where did you go to glean today? Where did you work?' Naomi knew you could not go to a field and glean and have that much barley from a day's labor." picking up the grains off the soil, finding a stray stalk here and there. No, somebody had to pour out the grain for her, and they did. She said, where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Naomi knows something is going on here, and she doesn't understand what it is. And so Ruth tells her mother-in-law about the one whose place she'd been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. Exclaiming, The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, He has stopped. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead she had. That man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all the grain. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It would be good for you, my daughter, to go with his girls, because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law and Ruth was providing for her mother-in-law. They were selling, I'm sure, the extra grain that she was able to gain. This was a time of great testing for Naomi. Her heart was so bitter because of what had happened with her husband and her sons. She felt so very, very alone. Can I ask you today, Do you feel alone? Are you lonely in your heart? Are you embittered by the things that have happened to you? It's very painful when we look at the rejection of others. When we look at the loss of loved ones. When we look at the loss of an income. We know we don't have enough money to meet the needs that present themselves, and those needs come dancing before our heart and say, how are you going to pay for me? And fear rises up in our hearts. Or when sickness comes upon us, we can't see out of one eye, one leg is almost useless, and we have to use a walker, and some of you are in that condition, and you say, how am I going to do this? Lord, heal me. And there's no answer from heaven. And fear comes dancing into your heart. And you wonder, can I trust him? Is God trustworthy? (laughs) Yes. And he's writing a love story for you. God loves you. You are precious in his sight. One day, one day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you'll be well provided for? Is not Boaz with whose servant girls you've been a kinsman of ours? Tonight he'll be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know that you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he's lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. Wow. That's going to take every ounce of courage that Ruth has. She is following the custom of the land. She does not know whether this kinsman redeemer will accept her or cast her out as a wicked woman. What is a kinsman redeemer? Well, in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, it was a relative who, when your husband died, could redeem you and marry you. And you could have children with him and that would continue the name of your husbands. It was an act of kind redemption. It was bringing you back into the family. Now, Naomi, Mara, is bitter. She has no hope of marrying a kinsman, redeemer. But This precious Ruth is beautiful. And Boaz has paid attention to her. And she, in her wisdom of the ages, advises Ruth on exactly what to do. Now, may I say this, please? When we don't know what to do, and we are at an utter loss, Listen to the wisdom of Scripture. What she has just been told to do with Boaz is exactly what you must do with Jesus. If you want Jesus to be your Redeemer, you're going to have to do with Jesus what Ruth did with Boaz. What do I mean? Put away the evil that's in your life turn aside from it. Do the best you can and come to the threshing floor where things are threshed out. Remember, John the Baptist said when Jesus comes, he's going to take his grain, he's going to thresh it, and he's going to gather his grain into the barn He's going to baptize you with fire. Jesus is going to come and do something in your life, a magnificent act of love and compassion to redeem your life, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Whatever issues you face, you must come and lie down at the feet of Jesus. so ruth comes boaz has finished eating and drinking he's in a good mood he's his tummy's full he's comfortable he's going to sleep there with the grain to make sure no one comes and steals it he goes over and he lays down on the far end of the grain pile and after she's certain he's asleep she comes quietly in the dark. She uncovers his feet where he has a covering and she lays down on the floor at his feet. Anyone who wants to be redeemed from their sin must give up all pretense, must come and lay at the feet of Jesus. Give up all of your rights. Give up all of your arguments. Give up all your bitterness. Give up everything and say, I'm going to lay at the feet of Jesus until he notices me. I'm going to wait upon him. Now, in the middle of the night, the man is startled. He suddenly awakens and he turns to see what has awakened him and he discovers "'A woman, a sweet-smelling woman, lying at his feet. "'Who are you?' he asks in a loud whisper. "'Who are you?' "'I'm your servant, Ruth,' she said. "'Spread the corner of your garment over me, "'send your kinsman-redeemer.' "'The Lord bless you, my daughter,' he replied. "'This kindness is greater.' than that which you showed earlier you've not run after the younger men whether rich or poor and now my daughter don't be afraid I will do for you all that you ask she has come and laid down at the feet of her kinsman redeemer she stays there she waits upon him And when he awakens, she says, cover me with the corner of your robe. She's just proposed to him. She's just said, will you redeem me? When you come to Jesus and you lay down everything, you lay down your bitterness, your anger, your hurt, you lay down your expectations and your demands, you lay down your sin, and you lay at the feet of Jesus, and you say, cover me with your with your covering. Jesus is pleased. Jesus is not pleased when we come arrogantly before him, demanding that he do things for us, praying for things, asking for things, while we've not yet lain at his feet. Ruth did not come demanding anything of Boaz. She came and worked as a servant in his field. It may take you some time to get to know Jesus. You may have to work in that field. You may have to read the scriptures and pray and ask the Lord to teach you how to come to him. Usually, we turn to anger. We push him away and we say, if you're not going to do what I've asked for you to do, I'm going to go find a way to do it for myself. And we've just lost Jesus as our kinsman redeemer. The Holy Spirit withdraws from us and we're alone. We're under our own wing. Now, I can't state this clearly enough for you. Please, I'll try. The modern church is full of pretense. It's full of love, lovelessness. It's full of hostility. It's full of self-seeking. It's full of the love of amusement and worldly passions. It's a place of political intrigue. It's a place where people struggle for power. It's a place where people go just to be entertained. That is not at the feet of Jesus when you go to church you need to go to a place where you can just lay before Jesus and ask him please Jesus would you cover me with your, car, with your robe will you be my kinsman redeemer for most of you you think you've accepted Jesus and now you're saved and you're on your way to heaven but you never laid at his feet you never won his love. You have to win the love of Jesus by laying down everything of this flesh in this world, by, by converting yourself. You must convert yourself. What does convert mean? It means a sharp turn another direction. You must give a sharp turn and give up your bitterness and your anger and surrender that to Jesus. I woke up this morning in the early, early hours, 3.30. My heart filled with fear because I don't know how I'm going to survive. I don't know how I can pay radio. I don't know how I can cover rent. I don't know how I, I was terrified. You know what I did? I went and lay at the feet of Jesus. I said, Jesus, this radio broadcast belongs to you. It's not mine. I said, Jesus, the rent for this place is in your hands. I said, Jesus, you know what my needs are. And I'm just going to come and lay at your feet. I have no demands. I just come and lay at your feet and say, Jesus, cover me again. Remove this fear from my heart. Restore me to the peace, to the shalom that comes when Jesus covers us with the garment as our kinsman redeemer. I don't want the shallow wickedness of the modern church We are entering into a time of famine in America. Soon there will be famine here. There will be such a shortage of food. The crops have been devastated. The crops are rotting in the fields. The peach harvest has been destroyed. The lemon harvest has been destroyed. We're in trouble in America. You may not see it yet in the marketplace, but if you look carefully, you'll see empty shelves you'll see signs that say this was out of stock and we weren't able to get it, but we will soon. I was at Wegmans and I saw that sign in several places. The economy is crashing. America's in trouble. And for the next three or four years, we are going to face such hardship in this nation. And then there's only going to be one place you can go. And that is go and lay before Jesus and ask him to cover you with his garment. He's going to have to be your food and your shelter. He's going to have to be your peace. Now you can say I'm fear-mongering. I'm not. What I'm saying is coming. It's already here. We're in trouble. The world is in trouble. China. Hong Kong. Germany. France. England. The Caribbean. We're in trouble. On every hand. You may not be trembling in fear yet. But things are coming in hurricanes and tornadoes. Fires they will make you tremble. And you need a kinsman redeemer. Not a make-believe Messiah, not a make-believe Jesus, not a sentimental Jesus that allows you to continue to walk in your wicked ways. You're going to have to give up those wicked ways if you're going to survive what's coming on this nation. You're going to have to repent. And you're going to have to get to your kinsman redeemer. "'Who are you?' he asks. "'I am your servant, Ruth,' she said. "'Spread the corner of your garment over me, "'since you are a kinsman-redeemer.'" "'What's covering your life today, brother, sister? "'Wake up, what's covering you? "'You think your job is covering you? "'You think your credit cards are covering you? "'They're not going to carry you through.' Do you think your job is covering you? You need Jesus to cover you. And the only way you're going to find him is go to the threshing floor where Jesus is threshing his grain and be baptized in fire. The Holy Spirit. He said, stay here for the night. And in the morning, if he wants to redeem good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. There is a kinsman redeemer ahead of Boaz. Well, she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. In other words, let's keep this between us. But he also said, bring me your shawl that you're wearing and and hold it out. And she did so and he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her back. And she went back to town. Jesus will never send you away empty. you hear me? Jesus will never send you away empty, but the devil will always steal from you. The devil is a liar and a cheater and a thief. Jesus is not. He will pour into your shawl six measures of grain. He will never send you away hungry or empty. Ruth came to her mother-in-law, and Naomi asked her, how did it go my daughter oh I'm sure Naomi was awake all night praying Ruth reported everything everything that Boaz had done for her and then she said he gave me these six measures of barley saying don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed Jesus always says don't go back empty-handed you've lain at my feet you ask me to cover you I will cover you early hours of this morning as I was praying I was very clear the peace came upon my heart and Jesus said to me don't go back empty handed I will cover you I've asked Jesus to be my kinsman redeemer I've asked him to be my kinsman redeemer Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens, for this man will not rest until the matter is settled today. In other words, watch what's going to happen. This Boaz, I know, he's not a man who fools around. I want to tell you, my Jesus is not a man who fools around with the feelings, with the the experiences of life. He is clean. He is straight. He is not a hard man. He is not a dictator he wants you to come and lay everything down at his feet all of your legalistic expectations all of the things you think you have to do to gain his favor you just go and lay at his feet and you will gain his favor and he will not send you away empty-handed glory be to jesus oh i love him glory be to jesus Well, Boaz goes up to the town gate and he sits there. The town gate is where the men gather and where decisions are made and actions are taken. And the kinsman redeemer that is first mentioned comes along and Boaz says, come over here, my friend, sit down. So he went over and sat down and Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town. And he said, sit here with us. And they did so. I'm sure they were all wondering what's going on. Then he said to the kinsman-redeemer, Naomi has come back from Moab and she is selling the piece of land that belonged to our brother Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest you buy it in the presence of those seated here, in the presence of the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you and I am next in line. And the man says, I'll redeem it. And Boaz says, on the day you buy the land from Naomi and from Ruth the Moabitess, you acquire the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this the kinsman redeemer said, then I can't redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it yourself. I cannot do it. Oh, I'm so grateful today that Jesus does not fear that by redeeming my life, he will endanger his estate. I am Jesus' estate. You are Jesus' estate. Boaz already loves Ruth. And he's going to do whatever he has to do. And this... Cheap man refuses to function as a kinsman redeemer because he's concerned about his money. I wonder about you. Are you afraid about your money? Do you think if you follow Jesus, he will demand too much from you? Well, I can already tell you what he'll demand. He'll demand that you give him everything your wife, your husband, your children, your job, your friends, your family. He will even demand that you give him all of your money and all of your time. That is, you will belong wholly unto Jesus, not paying a tithe of 10%, but the entire amount. Tithe is just the beginning point. All that you possess, all that you are, you must come and lay before his feet. When Ruth went and laid down at Boaz's feet, she was saying, I am yours. I hold nothing back. I give all to you, Boaz. I give you my life. And he says, Well, you could have run after the young men. They would have loved you. She's not interested in the things of the world. She's been there. She's done that. Boaz is an older man. She lays at his feet because he is designated as a kinsman redeemer. you can go to many different places and many different people and they'll tell you many different things about Jesus. I don't want to hear everybody tell me about Jesus. I want Jesus himself. I got a text from a a precious believer. The last line of her text was so encouraging. She said, I want Jesus. Nothing else will take the place of Jesus, my brother. But to have him, you're going to have to lay at his feet. You're going to have to give up your busy, busy, busy life and you're going to have to take time. You're going to have to come and lay at the feet of Jesus. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take the time and the energy to lay your life before Jesus and not reclaim it, but to surrender it utterly and completely into the hands of our Lord. Lord Jesus, I come to pray for my brothers and sisters and ask that you would give them, especially the religious thems, would you give them the courage to come before you and humble their hearts and lay down literally on the carpet at your feet and stay there until you cover them with the corner of your robe, until they have confessed everything, they have poured out the depths of their heart before you, They recognize that if they are not redeemed by you, there is no redemption. That they cannot pretend any longer to be a serious follower of yours and have their heart filled with cynicism and bitterness and judgments. They can't come and bargain with you. If you'll do this, I'll do that. Lord, they can't be growling and grabbing and trying to improve their situation. Lord, they have to come and lay at your feet and give you full charge and full control. Lord, I'm praying that right now, I know there are men and women in the valley of decision. Are they willing to finally get honest with you and go all the way to the bottom and confess every known sin before you and confess every wicked way that they know of and then to lay at your feet, Jesus, waiting for you to instruct them on what you want them to do. Lord, would you come in power? would you hear the cries of your people? Lord, the half-converted are very popular today. They fill the pulpits of America. They fill the vestries and the boards. They fill the positions of leadership in the church. But they're only half-converted. They've never gone all the way and let you search their hearts. For I know that's what will happen as a man or woman lays at your feet. You will begin to search their hearts with the spotlight of the Holy Spirit, and you will unveil every unclean thing and every wicked thing and every wicked way. Lord, we're so accustomed to thinking that if it's going to be, it's up to me i know that's a lie i know that if revival is going to come to this city it will only come by way of my kinsman redeemer i know if this broadcast is going to be effectual for the people who are listening it's going to only be because of my kinsman redeemer in his mercy lord as you reach out and touch the hearts of those who listen and call them to this obedience that i'm speaking of Lord, some today are very troubled in their hearts. They don't know how they're going to survive. They don't know how they're going to pay their bills. They don't know how they're going to make their mortgages or their rent. They don't know how they're going to make their car payments. They don't know how they're going to work out the relationship with their husband or with their wife. And they're in great turmoil in their heart, and they're saying, oh, I've got to have God's answer. Lord, would you bring them to lay at your feet and to surrender everything into your hand, Would you come and meet them now? Oh, Lord God, would you come and meet them now? Would you speak to them? Will you have compassion upon them? Lord, I know you never turn a man or woman away who is honest with you about their sin. I know you turn your face away from people because of our sin. Lord, I plead with you today. Come, Lord Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know if you're at the feet of Jesus. If you'd like to be a part of this, you'd like this broadcast to continue, would you give a hilarious offering today? Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195.